0: One of the most successful modern-day value investors, Monish Pabrai, has repeatedly said capitalism is brutal. In investing, which is his expertise, companies are going to die. And so your goal is to find the ones that are going to last longer, sort of beat this inevitable fate, and produce superior profits. I mean, they've given the example in that space. Very few businesses have been around 100-plus years, 200-plus years, 500-plus years. Eventually, they all kind of end up dying, and most of them have much shorter lives. And so in e-commerce, stagnation doesn't work because markets change, competition enters, platforms evolve. And so if you own an e-commerce business or want to build a successful one, you have to evolve too if you want to survive in that space. So the big message I want to drive home right now is you have to keep improving your products or your merchandise if you want your e-commerce business to survive there's no other way around this i've seen so many people uh, that have successful e-commerce businesses say they're doing multiple millions per year but then they get complacent on their products their competitors enter they start taking over they drop prices they improve the products they get more reviews and then all of a sudden you know after six months or a year, now they're trying to play catch up to get back in that leadership spot that they never, never should have lost in the first place. So to give you some examples of how this has worked, um, especially people that have done it well. One is a friend and past student of ours, Aaron Cordovez. Uh He does about $75 million a year on Amazon right now, one of the top Amazon sellers in the world. He One of his main products that he's been public about is his Milk Frother. So his brand is Zule. If you just literally search on Amazon Milk Frother, you'll see it there all over the place. His product now has 50 variations because that's one of the tools that allows him to win. He's never getting complacent with a product. He's constantly improving his marketing and the product itself, adding more variations. And I saw one cool thing that he did the other day because I actually bought one of these for our house here in Colorado. Uh, he's got an executive series uh, or, of his product. So this is kind of a more premium version or at least more premium packaging for his milk frother one of the other tools that is using to constantly stay ahead because that product he prices higher which means that if people buy that he now has more gross profit per order which probably allows him to spend more money on ads on amazon than any of his competitors so his product probably converts better because it has more variations than anyone and more reviews and then now probably has a higher average order value even though he's not necessarily selling at a higher price than anybody else because he's got these additional variations so he's somebody who knows the amazon game e-commerce in general and is constantly staying ahead and so even though he has the top product in his space he keeps improving it because he doesn't want anybody else to ever take that away from him another bigger company that has done this very well is uh, a couple of years a year ago or so i read thousands of pages about monster beverage company you know basically pulling down their public filings to find out how did they go from being a 30 million dollar a year business to a company that's now worth 60 billion dollars that does i believe about nine or ten billion dollars a year in sales like how did this happen they didn't start off selling energy drinks which is what they're known for now and what produces most of their revenue now Way back in the day, before these two guys actually bought the company, the company was called uh, Hanson's Natural Beverages, and they actually sold juice. The guy who founded it, his last name was Hanson. He was actually selling juice, and then found out over the years there was an opportunity in kind of natural sodas. And then when the two guys bought it, I believe out of bankruptcy in the '80s or so, uh, they started kept selling these juices, kept trying different products, and then I believe in around the late '90s they found that there is. This growing market for energy drinks, they didn't really know what was going to happen with it. So they end up creating their own and it was under I think under Hanson's brand for energy drinks and they realized people start really buying this thing. So then that starts taking off they create the monster brand within the company Uh, that starts taking off even more. But even while they're doing that they're still testing lots of different products, even today. They own this massive brand, and they could probably produce 80% of their sales literally just selling the black and green can we're all familiar with for Monster Energy, and they'd probably still do fine. But they don't ever want to get caught in a position where they're falling behind. So they're constantly rolling out new variations. They have coffee-based ones. They have lots of different flavors. They even have sub-brands that are not under the Monster brand. They don't want anybody to ever be able to take their position. And in their case, a lot of times, they go out there and try to buy competing energy drinks just like the social media platforms, when Facebook bought Instagram, they, if they can, they just buy the competitors so they don't have to worry about falling behind. But if that's not an option, they keep iterating and keep improving on the products through continual testing. So even though they're a multi-billion dollar company that produces a large portion of its sales from a single product, they keep improving. And we've seen Apple recently come out with, you know, their VR system. Years ago, they came out with their Apple Watch. You know, for them, they produce majority of their sales and profits from the iPhone. But if they want to be around another 50 years, they can't expect that iPhone to be the thing that's going to keep driving sales even 10 or 20 years from now, because technology changes a lot. So they have to keep rolling out new products and keep improving the products that they do have if they want to be around another 50 years. For us, in our e-commerce company, uh, Life Boost Coffee, we're constantly testing new products, new coffees, improvements to our existing products. You know, We produce the majority of our sales from our most basic roasts, but that may not be the case forever. And so we're constantly looking to improve those, but also Roll out new products, new versions of coffees, um, even some non coffee related products that are still within the same niche. We're constantly looking for new breakthroughs because, like Monster, we never know what could be the thing that ends up producing 95% of our sales that wasn't the product that we started with. And so we keep looking for that while we're also looking to protect our position. In this healthy coffee space that we've built up a nice brand and a nice, um, I believe, kind of market ownership, at least online. And so we want to protect that while we constantly look for new breakthroughs. There was an article recently on Marketplace Pulse that uh, the author said that 80% of top sellers on Amazon don't stay on top. Uh, And 50% that are on top three years ago are not on top today. Because there are always people who want there's first off two reasons. One is people get complacent, they're doing well, all of a sudden they start coasting, they start uh, stop working, they don't hire anybody that's hungry and aggressive to grow the business. So they've got a bunch of people that are kind of doing the work, but nobody's really pushing growth and pushing to stay on top. They go on lots of vacations and all of a sudden the business all falls apart. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't counteract that stuff, but you have to be pushing to stay on top regardless of how it's done, whether it's you or somebody else. Um, there's always people you're going to be competing with that want to stay on top as well. And so your competitors are always going to be pushing, trying to get sales because they want to build businesses. They want to make millions of dollars. They want to have valuable brands and lots of reviews and lots of customers, all those things that you want as well. So they're not just going to let you sit there and sort of take ownership of the space. They're going to be fighting for that position as well. And so you have to be fighting to protect it. It's just the nature of business. Even Coca-Cola today spends $4 billion a year on advertising for a product that's been around 100 years. That is one of the most recognizable brands on the planet. So even Coca-Cola can never just coast and expect people to remember what Coke is, even though that is one of the most iconic brands ever created. Even like uh, you know the late Kobe Bryant showing up 4 a.m. in the gym to shoot jump shots after he was the best player in the NBA. If you want to stay on top, you got to keep doing the work. So what I find a lot of times in e-commerce businesses – Is that people, you know, they achieve some success, then they start coasting. And so even if you're new to e-commerce, you got a plan that like, okay, I'm going to do the best job I can to beat some of those current people in the space. But then I also got to realize the next step is to find a way to stay on top. Keep pushing, keep building the brand, keep building reviews, keep improving the products, um, keep building relationships with customers, all those kind of things, because that's what it takes to win. So if you want to win long term in e-commerce with your products, you must continually improve them. And the best litmus test I found is to be brutally honest with yourself and ask Would you buy your product? If you were a potential consumer looking at all the available options in the space, would you buy your product versus all the other options available? Because if that honest answer is not yes, then do something about it. You know, you don't have to sit there and accept that for what it is. You can uh, improve the value proposition. Lower the price, which is not the best option, but if that's what it takes to be competitive and you can still make a profit, that's an option, but probably not the best one. More likely, uh, improve the product itself, features, uh, improve the marketing, Um, and what we're going to talk about next is how to reposition your product so that you don't necessarily have to change anything about the product, but now you can be the best option for a certain group of people even without changing the product itself. So in the next episode, I'm gonna talk about how to do an honest evaluation of your products to see if the biggest breakthrough you could have in your business today is improving what you sell. So if you want all of these episodes 100% for free, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or to my YouTube channel, and I'll see you tomorrow.